Thanks so much, Adriana and David, for reading God's Word today and for preparing us for this message time. Gracias a David y Adriana por leer la Palabra de Dios. So, among many of the precious memories that my wife Mindy and I uh, share and we cherish from all of our years together are those memories when we would go camping as a family. Tenemos muchos recuerdos lindos de acampar con la familia. I can remember it as if it were yesterday. Uh, we would, on a Friday many times, uh, pack up the car, and then we'd go by school and pick up the boys, and then we'd head off to Sequoia National Park or Kings Canyon National Park or some other place. Los viernes íbamos con los niños cuando eran chiquitos a acampar en algunos lugares. And, on, in the summer times, we actually took some camping vacations. We camped on the coast at, at San Simeon and at a place called Patrick's Point, north of Eureka and Big Sur and Montaña de Oro by uh, Morro Bay, and, and just so many different places. Uh, también íbamos de vacaciones y acampábamos en varios lugares. And, and we just have so many precious beautiful memories of those times, you know, hiking together and hot dogs and s'mores and, and getting into the tent at night and having our two sons, about six or seven years old, telling us Bible stories in their own words. Teníamos mucha comida y los niños nos contaban historias de la Biblia en la tienda. And of course, when you go camping, the other thing you're going to remember is the dirt, right? There's all kinds of dirt. And that's the beauty of camping. Es lo lindo de, de, de la campaña. You can go out and, and you can have an adventure for a night or two. Lo lindo es que puedes tener una aventura de una noche o dos. But the equally beautiful part about camping for me is that you can come home. You can come home to a nice hot shower, a, a clean, soft bed, a solid roof over your head. Puedes llegar a casa, una ducha caliente, una cámara cómoda, un buen techo sobre tu cabeza. That's the beauty of it. I mean, living in a tent, don't get me wrong, living in a tent is okay. It's fine for a day or two, but uh, you know what? For me, and I think for most of us, we would much prefer to have a permanent home. Es, es divertido vivir en una tienda de campaña, pero mucho mejor vivir en una casa permanente. In fact, I think I could say that there is something inside of us that longs for a permanent home, that longs for permanence. We want something that's established. We want something that's firm. We want something that's that's solid, that's not going to be taken away from us. Queremos que es lo que es permanente, lo que es sólido y establecido. And I think that may be why many times it is difficult for us to live by faith. Por eso es difícil la fe. Why? Because I think in a certain way, faith forces us to recognize that not everything in life is going to last. Really, everything is, is temporary. Nothing is permanent. La fe nos obliga a reconocer que nada es permanente. Todo es temporal. In the beginning of our scripture, the chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says faith is the solid evidence. It is the confidence of what we are hoping for. La fe es la evidencia sólida de lo que esperamos. It is the assurance, it is the certainty of what we do not see. La certeza de lo que no se ve. It's the certainty of what is permanent. And yet we do not have that 
permanence. Faith, again, by, by definition, is forcing us to recognize that the permanence we're looking for, the, the solid, permanent home we want, cannot be found in the comforts and in the conveniences of life. La permanencia no está en las comodidades, las amenidades de la vida. It forces us to recognize that what we're looking for can only be found in God. And so to help us have this perspective of faith, Hebrews chapter 11 is a unique chapter in the Bible because, in a sense, this is the hall of fame of faith. There is a whole list of Bible characters, Bible persons here in Hebrews chapter 11 that the Bible points to as examples of faith. Hay ejemplares de la fe en esta lista de Hebreos capítulo 11. But none of those characters stand out as much as this man named Abraham. He's the original man of faith. Abraham es el que se destaca lo más. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, we're told that by faith, Abraham, when he was called by God to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed. He went, even though he did not have it in his possession, even if he didn't know where he was going. Por la fe, Abraham, cuando Dios lo llamó a, 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 a ir a, a la tierra que sería su posesión, fue y fue por la fe. He didn't know where he was going. And, and once he got there, the Bible tells us something else. Once Abraham got to that place, verse 9 tells us, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived, get this, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. Por la, por la fe se radicó como extranjero en la tierra prometida y habitó en tiendas de campaña con Isaac y Jacob, herederos también de la misma promesa. So get this. God calls Abraham to go to this place. He says, it's yours. It's your possession. Dios lo llama a la tierra prometida. But when he gets there, when he gets to the place that God has promised him, Abraham doesn't build a house. He doesn't set up a permanent residence. Cuando llega allí no pone una casa permanente. Instead, what does he do? He makes a temporary shelter. He pitches a tent as if he's camping out. Él pone una tienda, una residencia temporal. Now, why in the world would Abraham have done that? ¿Por qué hizo esto? Well, verse 10 says this. He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Esperaba la ciudad de cimientos sólidos de la cual Dios es arquitecto y constructor. In other words, although Abraham was living in the land that God had promised him, somehow he understood uh, that his true permanent residence was not in that strip of land on the Middle East, by the Mediterranean. Abraham comprendía que aunque estaba en la tierra prometida, esa no fue su residencia permanente. That wasn't his true inheritance. His true inheritance was not to be found in the fields or the flocks or even, get this, the cities of that land. Su herencia no estaba en las ciudades de aquella tierra. Instead, it says he was looking forward to something else. He was looking forward to a city whose architect and builder is God. Now, here's the interesting part. It would be 400 more years after Abraham 
before his descendants, the people of Israel, would come out of Egypt into that promised land and start building houses. That wouldn't happen for 400 more years. 400 años después, por fin sus descendientes salieron de Egipto y construyeron casas en la tierra prometida. And guess what? It would be another 400 years after that before the city of Jerusalem would be set up before uh, there would be a city called Jerusalem. Now, when, the, when verse 10 talks about a city with foundations, when the versículo habla de una ciudad con, con cimientos sólidos, Bible scholars believe that's talking about a city that has walls, a city that has a palace, a temple, a city with a king in it, where everything is set up. Everything is established and permanent. There's order. There's peace. It's the way it should be. Una ciudad con cimientos sólidos tiene una muralla, un palacio, un templo, un rey, y todo está como debe ser. And it would be 800 more years before God would establish the city of Jerusalem with walls and a palace and a temple and King Solomon sitting on the throne and everything was the way it should be. 800 años después Dios estableció Jerusalén con murallas, con, con un trono y un palacio y el rey Salomón y todo estaba bien. That was a long time. And Abraham didn't get to live that, but he could see that by faith. Él podía ver eso por la fe. In fact, verse 13 says, all these people, Abraham, his son Isaac, Jacob, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't have it in hand. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Todos ellos vivieron por la fe y murieron sin haber recibido las cosas prometidas. Más bien, las reconocieron a lo lejos y confesaron que eran extranjeros en la tierra. And it says also, they admitted in that that they were strangers and aliens on the earth. Confesaron de que eran extranjeros y peregrinos en la tierra. In other words, Abraham didn't receive the permanence that he was looking for in his lifetime. No recibía la permanencia en su vida. He admitted that he could see it by faith, but he was just a stranger in that land. He was just passing through. He was a pilgrim. He was on a journey to something bigger. Él era peregrino. Él era, estaba en camino en una trayectoria. And that's why he pitched a tent. He didn't build a house. No se construyó una casa, puso una tienda. But there's something more that Abraham was looking for. He wasn't just looking forward to the day of Jerusalem and Solomon and all of that. There's something more. Hebrews 11:14 says, People who say such things, people who say, I'm a pilgrim, I'm a stranger, they show that they are looking for a country of their own. Al expresarse así, decir que soy extranjero, claramente dieron a entender que andaban en busca de una patria. What country are they looking for? Verse 16, they were longing for a better country, for a heavenly one. Dice aquí, estaban pensando en aquella patria, antes bien anhelaban una patria mejor, es decir, la celestial. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called 
their God, verse 16 says. Why? Because he's prepared a city for them. Dios no se avergonzó de ser llamado su Dios, les preparó una ciudad. What is that city? That city is not just Jerusalem 800 years later. That city is the celestial city. That is, that city is the eternal home, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. That is what Abraham was looking forward for and to, and he was looking for it by faith. Estaba esperando la ciudad celestial, no solo la Jerusalén en 800 años, sino la ciudad eterna. Abraham understood that he was just passing through the promised land. When you're passing through, you don't build a mansion. You pitch a tent. Cuando estás de paso, no te edificas una mansión, pones una tienda. Why do I go through all that explanation? Because I think there's something here we need to pay attention to. We are very foreign to this kind of point of view. Uh, this is not the way we typically see things. Tenemos que prestar atención a esto ahora. And I believe because of that, because we don't tend to think in the ways that Abraham and the people of faith here in Hebrews 11 were thinking, there's a danger for us. Un peligro para nosotros. And what's the danger? Well, the danger is the danger of thinking that this is it. We've arrived. We're in the promised land. Es el peligro pensar que estamos en la tierra prometida. That we, in 21st century life, we have arrived where we need to be. And, oh, you can argue that pretty well because there's so many blessings that we enjoy in our day and age, hay tantas bendiciones, so many benefits. We're living in a time of unparalleled prosperity, of technological advances, avances tecnológicas, mucha prosperidad. We, we are living in a time, get this, we're living in a time where you can order the world's finest sheets for your bed and they can be delivered to your door, and all you have to do is touch a screen, and that is it. Talk about the lap of luxury. Puedes pedir las sábanas más finas del mundo para que lleguen a tu puerta solo con tocar una pantalla. We've got it made. And we have so many medical advances. Even though, yeah, we're in the middle of a pandemic, I mean, really in comparison to other Times and places, other pandemics, we're doing really well. There's so many medical advances. We're just months away maybe from a vaccine. Aunque estamos en una pandemia, tenemos tantos avances médicos. There's so many medical advances. We have so many apps that we can put on our phone and we can use them and they just make our lives so good. Hay tantas aplicaciones de, de, de teléfono and so many streaming options on our smart TV. Tantas opciones de televisión. I mean, we've got it, and we have Jesus, too. Y además, Jesús. Or do we? O si tenemos a Jesús. Are we, here's the question, are we living the life of Abraham? Are we living 
the life of Abraham? Are we looking forward to the true inheritance that God has promised, the true inheritance that Jesus bought for us by his death on the cross, by his resurrection from the dead? Are we looking forward like him to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God? Esperamos con Abraham la herencia que Cristo compró con su muerte la resurrección. Estamos esperando aquella ciudad or are we living more like Abraham's spoiled nephew, Lot? O vivimos más bien como el sobrino malcriado, Lot. Let's look at a scripture. I want to explain it. Genesis chapter 13, verse 12. Genesis capítulo 13, versículo 12. Listen to what this says. It says, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot, that's his nephew, lived among the cities, the established cities of the plain, and he pitched his tents near Sodom. Dice que Abraham se quedó a vivir en la tierra de Canaán, mientras que Lot, su sobrino, se fue a vivir entre las ciudades establecidas del valle, estableciendo su campamento cerca de la ciudad de Sodom. While Abraham pitched his tent in the promised land, Lot veered off and he set up his camp near the established city of Sodom. Lot se estableció cerca de Sodoma. Now, what is Sodom? Sodom is the place of sinful compromise. Sodom is the place of selfish pleasure. Sodom, Sodom is the, the, the place of material wealth and prosperity. But Sodom is also the place of abuse and oppression, and addiction, and idolatry. Sodoma es el lugar del pecado, la adicción, la idolatría, el materialismo. Sodom is the place of spiritual complacency and laziness. Where have we pitched our tents? ¿Dónde hemos puesto nuestra tienda? It can become so easy and I include myself in this, it can be so easy to forget that we are pilgrims here on this earth. It can become very tempting to think that this is where we are established, that we are in the zone where we are always going to be. Es, es una tentación, pensamos que estamos aquí para siempre, that we're here forever. Lot had it good. Sodom was great. Everything was at his fingertips. And yet, in a single day, it was all wiped out. En un solo día se borró todo eso. Sodom was melted like a marshmallow in a campfire. It just burnt to a crisp. It was gone. So, you see, the challenge here of Hebrews chapter 11 is this. Are we living the life of Lot or of Sodom, or of, of Abraham? God has promised us an inheritance. Dios no prometió una herencia, and it's way better. Way better than the established city of Sodom. 
La herencia mejor que la ciudad de Sodoma. In fact, I want to show you what it looks like. We even have a bit of a description at the very end of the scriptures in Revelation chapter 21, Apocalipsis 21. The apostle John had a vision. Juan tiene una visión, and this is what he said. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Vi además la ciudad santa, la nueva Jerusalén, que bajaba del cielo, procedente de Dios, preparada como una novia hermosamente vestida para su prometida. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, The dwelling of God is with people, and he will live with them. God will live with his people. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Hubo una potente voz que provenía del trono y decía, aquí entre los seres humanos está la morada de Dios. Él acampará en medio de ellos y ellos serán su pueblo y Dios mismo estará con ellos y será su Dios. That's what we are to see by faith. The new Jerusalem. The new heaven and the new earth. This is our permanent residence. This is what is solid. God living with us forever and ever. Eso es lo sólido, la nueva Jerusalén, la nueva creación. This is what we're to hope for and to be certain of. In 2 Corinthians 5.1, the Bible says this. Segunda Corintios 5.1, it says... We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not made by human hands. Sabemos que si esta tienda de campaña en que vivimos se deshace, tenemos de Dios un edificio, una casa eterna en el cielo, no construida por manos humanas. What is that earthly tent that that's talking about? ¿Qué es esta tienda de campaña? It's our, our mortal, sinful bodies. This is our tent. El cuerpo mortal, pecaminoso. We're just camping out here, folks. We're just camping out here for a while in this world. But we have the promise, it says, of an eternal house from God. A permanent residence. Tenemos la promesa de una residencia permanente. What is that permanent residence? It is a new resurrected body. We're living in a tent. Someday we're going to have an eternal house, a body fit for eternity with God. And that is what Jesus has won for us. In Jesus' death and in Jesus' resurrection, we see what is waiting for us. En la muerte y resurrección de Jesús, vemos lo que nos espera, una, un cuerpo resucitado eterno. Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead, from the dead with a body that can never die, a body that can never get sick, a body that can never be in pain, a body that can never diminish, a body that can live forever and ever in the new heavens and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, the city that God has made by His hands, not the one we've made with our hands. Jesús tiene un nuevo cuerpo resucitado que no puede morir, no puede sufrir dolor, no puede eh, nunca fallecer. Capaz de estar con Dios para siempre. And this is what we're hoping for. Can you see it by faith? To do so, 
requires a pilgrim perspective. And what the promise is, is that if we are connected to Jesus, even though this earthly tent is destroyed, we have a house with him. Si estamos conectados con Jesús, tenemos una morada eterna con él. So, being connected to Jesus Christ, following Jesus every single day of our lives, it really requires a pilgrim perspective. Hay que tener la perspectiva del peregrino. What that means is that while we are on earth, we are learning to live as permanent residents of God's kingdom, as citizens of heaven, even while we here on earth are pitching our tents in the realm of this world. Es aprender a vivir como ciudadanos del reino de Dios, aun cuando tenemos nuestra tienda en este mundo. And what that means, too, is that, as the old song says, this world isn't our home. We are just passing through. And we are citizens, first and foremost, of heaven. And we're strangers here in an interesting way. Somos ciudadanos del cielo y somos también aquí extranjeros. And so in part, I think what that means is that we dare not, we dare not put our hope in finding what we're looking for here. We, we dare not put our hope in finding permanent satisfaction in the things of this life and in the, the hopes of this life. No debemos poner nuestra esperanza en las cosas de aquí como algo permanente because you see here, there is no permanence. There is no permanent peace. There is no permanent prosperity or permanent health. There is no permanent justice. There is no permanent righteousness or goodness or any of these things. We're not going to get it here. No hay paz permanente, justicia permanente, salud permanente, prosperidad permanente. Now, having said that, I want to be clear. A pilgrim perspective does not mean we're trying to escape the world. It doesn't mean we're trying to get out of here. Eso no quiere decir que solo vamos a escaparnos del mundo. As if I would say, well, you know, this world can't give me what I want, so I'm checking out. I don't care. I don't care about the wars going on. I don't care about the suffering going on. I don't care about the hurt going on. Totally the opposite. Because you see, the Bible says that Jesus came and he made his dwelling among us. John says the word became flesh and he pitched his tent among us. Jesús puso su tienda entre nosotros. Why? To bring the kingdom of God. El trajo el reino de Dios. In other words, heaven has already planted a seed in this world. The new heavens and the new earth are beginning now and growing. And you and I, by pitching our little tents in, in this world, we are forerunners. We're to promote the values of God's kingdom. We're the ones that are to promote and fight for what is right, to fight for peace, to, to, to work for justice, to, to work for goodness, to work for health, to work for holiness. All those things we are to be about. Debemos luchar y abogar por la paz, la justicia, la, la, el verdadero amor, love, all these things, the values of the kingdom. We can demonstrate them now as God's people. That's our perspective. We are in this world, but we're not of it. Estamos dentro del mundo, pero no somos del mundo. 
About a hundred years after Jesus' earthly ministry, there was a document, an ancient document written called the Letters of Diognetus. La Epístola de Diogneto fue escrito unos cien años después de Cristo. And this was a, a document written uh, to really defend Christianity against critics who were saying that Christians are way too different. Defendía a los cristianos de los que los, los criticaban. And I want to just read you a quote from this ancient letter which describes how Christians live, their perspective. It says this, Christians dwell in their own countries, but only as sojourners or travelers. Los cristianos viven en sus patrias, pero como extranjeros. They bear their share of responsibilities as citizens of that country. Eh, cargan con sus responsabilidades como ciudadanos. But they endure hardships like strangers. Padecen y sufren como extranjeros. Every foreign land is a homeland to them. Cada país extranjero es su patria. And every homeland is like a foreign country. Cada patria es como un país extranjero. Their existence is on this earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. Su existencia está en la tierra y su ciudadanía está en el cielo. That's quite a perspective. And so the question I guess I want to leave with us today, the question I want you to maybe carry through this week is where are you and I looking for permanence? Where are we looking for permanence? ¿Dónde estamos buscando la permanencia? Scriptures would tell us that if we're looking for permanence in any place other than Jesus, if we're looking for it in our families, if we're looking for it in our work, if we're looking for it in, in anything else other than Jesus, at some point, we're going to be disappointed. Si buscamos la permanencia en cualquier otra cosa menos que en Jesús, vamos a quedarnos desilusionados. Now, that's not bad news. That's good news. Because Jesus is inviting us to look to Him. He is inviting us to have a pilgrim perspective. Jesús nos invita a tener la perspectiva del peregrino. Let's pray together. Lord, I know that what we've talked about today, it may seem that I'm speaking a foreign language or that your word is speaking a foreign language to us th because this isn't the way we typically think. Parece que esto es como un, un idioma extranjero lo que hemos estado hablando hoy. And yet, Lord, this is what your word does. It challenges our, our mental framework. It, it challenges our way of thinking and it challenges our hearts. It challenges the things we long for. Tu palabra nos reta nuestra forma de pensar y en nuestros deseos. And so, Lord, I'm praying that through your word, through these words from Hebrews, that we might be challenged and encouraged to, to have our gaze beyond just the next year, even beyond what we're going through right now, and to see that there is something good ahead. Help our hearts to long for something more than, than just getting through uh, this crazy time, but that we would long for your kingdom 
que nuestros corazones anhelen más que simplemente sobrevivir este tiempo difícil, que podamos anhelar tu reino, Señor. And I want to pray, Lord, that while we are on this earth, we would be 100% involved in sharing your love, your goodness, your message, your truth with the people around us, and living in love with our neighbors. Muéstranos cómo vivir tu reino con nuestros vecinos, and you'll get the credit for it, Lord. Thank you for these tents of ours. We pray that you'll protect our tents, keep our bodies uh, safe and healthy through this time. And as we pitch our tent, as we camp here for a while, may you get the glory. Al acampar en esta vida un rato, que tú recibas la gloria, Señor. We ask this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Señor Jesús. Amen.